Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. You've broken the chains. You came back from the grave, victorious over death, sin in the grave. You made possible forgiveness with the Father as the mediator, as the bridge. Thank you so much. Thank you that we can bring praise to you. We can sing hallelujah to you because you've made us a part of your family if we believed and said yes to you. Thank you so much for this opportunity to be together, to grow together, and to worship you. All God's people say, amen. There go those kiddos. Like that. That's so good. Love that sound. Thank you, Derek. Team, appreciate that so much. Being a part of uh, what you want to do. Uh, we, we haven't probably said this. Well, I'm, pro I'm sure I haven't said it. You can go to our Facebook page, Majestic Facebook page, and you can go and it'll take you to, there's a link there to take you to Spotify, right, Dan? Or Derek? Okay. And you can go. You can know the songs that we're going to sing. All right. So, like, you know, maybe some were familiar today. You can go to there and you can listen to them. I put them also in my email that I send out. If you don't get that email, let me know. Write it on the card so we can make sure we get on the email list, so that you can know the songs that'll help prepare you for this time that we have together. So, thank you so much for that. We're going back to the Book of Proverbs today. I promised you that last week. And so I'm going to follow through on that this week, right? We'll go back to Proverbs next Sunday. We're going to have a Gideon speaker. I mentioned that to you. We're going to see how the, the, the exciting stories, how the wise God uses his powerful word to bring people into a lost relationship with himself. And you're going to be excited by that. It's always high point of the year to be able to hear how God's word is changing lives. And then in May, we're going to go back to the book of Proverbs. We're going to finish it. We won't get all the way through. But we're going to finish the book of Proverbs. So my encouragement to you again is this. For the month of May, 31 days, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So go ahead and just read Proverbs one more time. All right? When we get into May, you can start early if you want in April. But when we get to May, we're going to go back through. We'll finish off with four more sermons, three more sermons. And so I encourage you to go back and start reading the, the book of Proverbs again. A chapter a day, chapter one on the first, all the way through. All right? That'll get you going again on that. That's been a great project as we've had over the past uh, four or five months. Now, I'm going to be honest with you today. Not that I'm not normally honest, but today I'm really going to be honest with you. Okay, so um, I've reworked a sermon. This sermon, I've preached it before, but I preached it in the summer of 2005. So if you're, you know, if you're still remembering it, good. You can leave now, right? Um, but I've reworked it, and so uh, it's, it's new. Much of it is new. Some of it's passed from five, but I kind of updated some of the illustrations and those sorts of things. So just letting you know that, and um, if, if, it, if it works, that's great. You can tell me to preach it again another 18 years, all right? And if it doesn't, go, no, don't do that one again, okay? But uh, so it's about wisdom. We're talking about Proverbs, Book of Wisdom, and I came across some, some wise sayings. They're not biblical sayings, but they're wise sayings. And the first of them, I've got a few of them up there. It's easier to get older than it is to get wiser. Would you agree? Yeah, it's older to get. It's easier to get wiser than it is to get, get older than it is to get wiser. Now, the, the next illustrations came from an article. Um, it came from an article in one of my golf magazines. All right, so you should always get wisdom from golf magazines. It's called. And the question they ask is, "What's the secret of longevity and good golf?" So uh, these these illustrations will fit you whether you're a golfer or not. Okay, but I've I've selected. It's a great article, really fun. 
But this guy, the, the editor of the magazine, interviews some of his friends, and he gets these wise things from them. So just a few of them. Uh, Clint Eastwood said this. You know, I don't know who Clint Eastwood is. Some guy out there. Okay. All right. I wake up every morning, and I don't let the old man in. If you think you're old, if you talk enough about it, you will be old. Anybody know who Satchel Page is? Was? If you're a baseball fan, you probably know who that is, all right? Old-timer, old-timer back many, many years ago. And he was a very uh, interesting uh, young man at that point. He said, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you was? <laughs> how old would you be if you didn't know how old you was? Well, kind of frame of reference, right? Awful young. Uh, you've heard this one before, and it certainly could be for the old people here, like me, or the young people. Old age ain't no place for sissies, right? Young age is no place for sissies nowadays either. You young people, you have a hard, hard world that we live in. It's very, very difficult. I think much more difficult than when I was a teenager in the early 70s. Tough. Tough things that we deal with. Well, I'll go on here. Uh, here's another guy. I'm sure you all do this. What he's, his recommendation is, he worked in the healthcare field. He said you should drink 100 ounces of water and walk 10,000 steps a day. Yeah, I get about 10 ounces of water a day if I'm doing really good, right? But good advice, helpful advice. Here's another man who said this. In your life, keep looking through the windshield, not the rearview mirror. That's pretty good. I mean, we need to look back for some things, of course. But we don't want to get stuck in the past. We've got to look forward. Look forward to what God's doing in our life and people around us. The, the editor of the uh, uh, article said this. He said, avoid all ladders and chainsaws. <laughs> Matter of fact, the byline of this is, is, is uh, the longevity of Goff. And then he says, he says, don't run with chainsaws and other life-saving tips. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Nick Price, a very famous golfer, won a few majors. He said this, spend more time with people who make you laugh. I hope I do that for you through these things, okay? If not, just laugh anyway, okay? Make sure you spend time with people who make you laugh and always have something to look forward to. Good thoughts. Sam Reeves, he's a cotton merchant. I don't know who he is, but he said this. It's up on the screen. Be a host in this world, not a guest. Live with urgency. Soak in the beauty of his eternal creation. And Tom Watson, might have known that enough, even if you're not a golfer, you want to remember majors. Um, he said this, mine is simple. Do the next right thing. Give yourself to people less fortunate than yourself and have faith in a higher power. Simple, isn't it? Good thoughts. Good thoughts to help us. Well, the author of Proverbs, as we know, he wants us to be wise guys and wise gals. So he said, we have a little fun with that. Wise guys and wise gals. We know we're a wise guy and wise gals if we are working to be skilled or an expert in godly living. That's my definition of a wise guy and a wise gal. Someone who's skilled or an expert in godly living. Not just getting by, not just, well, you know, I come to church, that's good. No, 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 diving in. Diving and seeking Him with everything we got. All my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. Because that's what He said we should do. 
love God that way. Be a part of his work in our lives. That's what he asks us to do. You'll be a wise guy or a wise gal if you'll pursue him that, growing in him. Now, if, you, if that's your desire, to be a godly person and to live a godly life, I can guarantee you that you will get wiser as you get older. But I can't guarantee you that you'll get to be a better golfer. <laughs> but more than anything else, I want you, as you grow older, from the youngest here to the oldest here, we're still growing, that we would grow wiser as we grow older. So this morning, this reworked sermon, still works, I think, is about generosity. How to grow wiser as we grow in our generosity. My first thought just simply is this. Our generosity should first be directed to the Lord. His spirit, this heart of generosity. And I believe that generosity begins and it grows in our heart as we are thankful. Get that. Generosity grows in our heart as we are thankful for what the Lord has provided for us his provisions for us. Now, I was, I was thinking through the book of Proverbs, and, and uh, I didn't have time to read it all, go through. So I did a quick Google search, looking for the word thankful in the book of Proverbs. It said there were none. That was really surprising to me. Because, you know, thankfulness is a very, very important thing. But it didn't come up with anything. Matter of fact, the, 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 the one thing they said that could be related to thankfulness is is I think it's in Proverbs 17 that um, it says uh, a happy heart, a, a merry heart is good medicine. You know, it kind of fits there, but I was, I was kind of surprised by that, that there isn't any. Now, if you go through and you read through this week and you find one, let me know. I'm just telling you, Google couldn't, couldn't find one specifically. But the fact is we, we need to be thankful people. And thankfulness can, can be a part of our lives and, and generosity can start with that and also can grow with that as we seek to remember what God has done for us. A man who's the head of a CEO of, of a, a medical facility in this article in the Golf Magazine said this. He said, a happy life is longer life. The happiest people are grateful. The unhappiest are entitled. Be grateful. Be grateful. Live a life with thankfulness. Then I came across this one, which I think probably could have been in, in Book of Book Proverbs. It said this, Gratitude turns what we have into enough. Get that. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. Because we might not think we have enough, but gratitude says, God, I'm thankful for what you've done. And in that, we can make it real. That's good. So, let's be thankful. Daily provisions. The Lord's Prayer says, give us this day our daily, that which we need, right? Okay. So, did you thank Him this morning for it? Did you have breakfast this morning? Some of you did. Probably most of you did. Some of you didn't. I had breakfast. I had frosted flakes with bananas. Two French breakfast puffs. Mm. Really good. 
six o'clock was a long time ago. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you provided for me this morning. Because I could have had Honey Nut Cheerios, and I could have had uh, well, you know, Honey Flakes with Oats or something like that. What do they call that? Thank you. Okay, you've got it. Okay. Could have had that. Or could have had eggs. I could have had sausage. Could have had bacon. My wife went to the store yesterday and filled up the refrigerator. Yeah. All those things at my disposal. Am I thankful? I need to be thankful for that. I'm going to go to a Peaks lunch here pretty soon. Their Sunday school class. And they had a whole bunch of stuff out on their table in Sunday school. And I was really disappointed. I only ate just a little piece of apple pie. But I'm going to go to that lunch and eat some more of that apple pie. I might put some ice cream on it, too. Just thank you, Lord, for what you have. Thank Johnny Dasher for preaching for me last week. Remember what he preached about? S-U-R-R-E-N-D-E-R. Yeah. Everybody in, all in. Are we all in with Jesus? One of those we show them, we're all in. Thank you, Lord, for what you provide. Grateful for you. First Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice in the Lord always. Pray without ceasing. And give thanks in all circumstances. Not some. All circumstances. Anybody here really good at that? Yeah, I don't see any hands. I understand I'm not. It's difficult to do. But he says, God can use those circumstances, difficult as they might be. I need to give thanks to him. You see, thankfulness develops generousness. Thankfulness develops generousness. As we're thankful, we're going to be more generous going to be more generous to the Lord and what He has for us because our generosity should be developed and go toward Him to begin with. Proverbs chapter 3 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth, it's up there, and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. It's an if-then thing. If you do this, this is going to happen. Now, now we know that not everybody you know, has these big barns that are full of everything. And that, that's they could understand in their day, of course, the agricultural society. We could translate that in different ways to help us understand. But he's saying, be generous to the Lord and honor him with the first of what you have. And then watch God provide for you. Remember, the book of Proverbs mentioned this early on as we studied. Think principles over promises. Think principles over promises. If you do this, this could be something God would do for you. Now, I heard this story a long time ago. You might have heard it before. But a $1 bill and a $100 bill were having a little conversation. You know, they do that while they're in your wallet. They have these conversations. The $100 bill, he's just a bragging about all the places he gets to go. Man, I get to go to Las Vegas. I get to go to Hawaii. And I get to go to Cancun. And I get to go to the Avalanche hockey games. I get to do all these cool things, man. Whew! It's such a joy. And the $1 bill just kind of bows its head. It says, man, the only place
chance I get to go as church. <laughs> Maybe you didn't get all that. Let me put it this way. It's amazing how much money we spend on coals and restaurants, casinos, the state fair. But doesn't it seem a little bit out of priority that we would spend all that money in those places and then we might give whatever's left over to the Lord? That's a misplaced priority. Honor the Lord with the first fruits of your produce. And I can tell you here at Majestic, many of you do that because our first Sunday offerings are usually twice as much as any Sunday offering. As you said, the beginning of the month, I'm going to honor the Lord and be generous toward Him. And I thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. I'm grateful for the second, third, and fourth this month. Fifth offerings, too. Okay. But to watch you do that because you say, I, I want to do what it says here. And I want to make sure that the Lord gets His portion first before I get to other portions. Continue to do that. Bring honor to Him. You'll honor him with that. He will be pleased with that. How many of you have read the book, The Treasure Principle? I don't see a hand. Really? Oh, my friends, you need to get this book by Randy Alcorn. It's a little book, 89 pages. About being generous to the Lord, The Treasure Principle. He says in that book this. He says, you can't take it with you. He's talking about money, your things. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. In other words, as we invest in the Lord's work and His kingdom work, there are rewards that are there. People come to Christ. They'll be in heaven because we used it wisely here on the earth. It's a biblical principle. You can't send it on ahead. I mean, you, you can't. Now I got now it's gone. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. Honor the Lord first. Be generous toward him. And see what God does in your life. He said in Matthew six thirty three, what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. The things that you need will be added to you. Just promise. Do that. Think of what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. That's what God has done in His grace. And in that, He says this. He says, As I have been generous to you, so you be generous to my work and to the people around you. And then He says, God loves a cheerful giver. It doesn't say this. I added on to a song I used to learn. God loves a cheerful giver, so give it all you got. As you get to write those checks, you get to, you know, bill pay, or however you give to the Lord and the missionaries and ministries you serve, man, let it bring joy to your heart and do it cheerfully. I had that opportunity a couple times this week. People needs came across through my through the email and, and, and I was able to give and to help out. Man, what a privilege it is to do that. No, no, sometimes your money's tighter, understand that you might not be able to give extra. But as you give, anything you give, do it with cheerfulness. God loves a cheerful giver. And then 
David as he was at the end of 2 Samuel. David wanted to offer an offering to the Lord, thankfulness for what some men had done for him. So he goes to this man and he says, I want to buy your threshing floor. I want to buy this opportunity to make an altar here. And the man says, graciously, generously, he says, you can have it. And David says, oh no, oh no. I will not sacrifice anything that costs me nothing. I will not sacrifice anything that costs me nothing. He had it all. But he said, this is for the Lord. And I want it to cost me something. I want to give First of all, our generosity should be devoted to the Lord and move toward the Lord and be a part of that. How about our being at church and honoring Him with the same Hebrews chapter 10, 25? And do not forsake the assembling together of yourselves as the habit of some, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day of Christ appearing. Be generous in being here. This is really important. This is really valuable. Make it a priority. Be gentle. Lord, I'm going to be there. I want to see my friends. I want to be a part of their lives. I want to grow and I want to sing. I want to praise. I want to honor the Lord. How about your spiritual gifts, your talents? Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, all talk about the spiritual gifts. And we have them and we're to use them for His kingdom. If we don't use them, we are not as healthy as we should be. If you don't use your gifts, you're holding back the work of God here and in the world. And I, if I don't use my gifts, so let's use them joyfully. We have this opportunity to use them, whatever it is, leading, teaching, serving, faith, all the gifts that are listed. Use those gifts and those talents. You have these things to offer to us to help us bring the greatest of glory to God. And use them generously. Honor Him in that and the joy that so I guess the prayer we need to ask ourselves is this. Lord, am I being generous to you? can't answer that for you, but you can. What's the Lord saying to you now? Am I being generous to you? Or just kind of, kind of getting by? He wants us to be generous and honor Him. Because what I give to you through the church and through my support of missionaries and ministries reflect generosity. Maybe I could use this even as what Johnny said last week. Man, am I all in? In this area, being generous? Secondly, I'd say this. Generous, generosity is then to be directed to others. First to the Lord, and then to others. Proverbs 11, 24 through 26. You see it up there. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds done duly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. People curse the man who hoards grain, but blessing crowns him who is willing to sell. You see the little uh, if-thens in there? Do you see the little sowing and reaping in there? A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others himself will be refreshed. If you do this, this is going to happen. If you sow this, if you sow refreshment to people, you're going to be refreshed a part of their lives. Let me just share some practical ways to have your generosity be directed to others. The first is this. Smiles. It's working on a few of you. Some of you are just like, 
might get encouraged by that. Smile, brothers and sisters. Smile, sweetie, sister, so you'll send Satan sadly away. Buck up, brother Bill, because a bunch of butter boys can make a bunch of bitter boys. A bunch of bitter boys can make a bunch of butter boys, man. A big, big smile grinning in a gang get gung ho about gladness. Rudy Doot Doot. <laughs> Learned that a long time ago. Taught it to my grandkids, and we were with them this week, and we were singing that song, and they could do it faster than me. I was, a bu- I was just like, you guys got it down. Grinning in gang get gung-ho about gladness. Rudy doot doot. Um, my smile goes so far. It goes so far. It really helps pastors when they're preaching. <laughs> Some of you are still trying. Hi, right, there you go. Okay, we're working on it. But to the store. Imagine the people that work at those stores. Everybody comes through that line complaining about the prices of groceries. we got teachers here. Yeah, what would it be like to actually have a class that come in and smiled when you walked in the door? Yeah, that, that might make you feel pretty good, huh? <laughs> it just goes so far. Put a smile on it. When you walk out, in other words, put a smile on it. You say, well, nobody's smiling at me. Who cares? I'm not here for you. We're here for them, right? Serve others. Put a smile on it. Maybe don't put a smile on it. Maybe you'll make even a friend. How important that is. Secondly, encouraging words. Oh, my goodness. They're so valuable in your texts, in your emails, in your phone calls, in your letters, all the ways you communicate. Man, just use encouraging words. How important that is. I had occasion this week to write to somebody who wrote an article in the Pueblo Chieftain because I was a little bit disappointed that they quoted somebody using profanity, using the word, the, the Lord's name in vain, the GD word, said by one of our counselors, Pueblo City Council. Disappointed that she would do that too. But I said, I'm just going to write him, tell him, you know, I, I, I don't think that's appropriate. But I didn't start out and say, I said, thank you for what you write. I appreciate that. Some of us still read the newspaper. <laughs> All four of us. <laughs> And then I said, you know, I, I don't think that's appropriate. You know, you can always just put, you know, this little asterisk or whatever. We'll figure out what you said, but it's not appropriate. And then I thanked her again for what she does in life. She wrote back very kindly. I don't agree with the decision she made. She said she went to a literary guide that, you know, for newspapers and things like that. And, you know, they said that's all right. Well, that doesn't make it all right. You know? But anyway, she wrote back very kindly. Very You know, I have a little relationship. I was just trying to use encouraging words. I'm thankful for what you do, even though I don't agree with what you did. And you have that opportunity to use encouraging words. Got this quote up there. Well, that's the next one, encouraging words. You can't tell the what it is in the next slide. Um, I could have got those little ones. Um, think I've got some other things here. Let me just go back to my notes. This, these, these are important. Whoops, excuse me. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always. Every one of you has got a battle going on about something in your life. And kind words, encouraging words could help you through that battle. I think this is from a Joyce Landorf book years ago, I read 20, 25 years ago, 
But she basically says this. Be a balcony person lifting people up, not a basement person dragging people down. In other words, stand in the balcony of people's lives and say, good job, I'm proud of you. I'm thankful for you. So I'd say every night to my kids growing up, I love you, you're the best son and daughter in the world, and I'm proud of you. Use those words. From the balcony of people's lives, are you speaking to their lives rather than being somebody in the basement dragging everybody down by your words and by your critical comments and all the things that come back. Encouraging, serving one another. Even as it said on the the last slide there, we can't serve everybody, but we can serve somebody. But everybody can serve somebody. Jesus took that towel and washed the feet of the disciples. And we said a couple weeks ago, the person that should have got his feet washed was Jesus, and he's the one that left unwashed. But let's wash people's feet in that sense serving them, caring for them. Blessed are those who do this. Blessed are those who do this. Blessed are those who are happy if they do if you do these things. John 13, 17. Happy is the one that does these things. Your car can be used for his sake. Your home, a meal to somebody, um, to a widow. Anybody see, read the article or saw it? I, I, I watched it. It's uh, good to know it's a little program on uh, the, the TV after the golf tournament. It seems like every Saturday. <laughs> and this man, God spoke to him and he said, I want you to go and mow 50 lawns this summer. This, this is a man. Anybody read about that, see that? He's like, yeah, Debbie's on? Yeah. This is incredible. God spoke to this man and said, this is what I want you to do. And so he went and did it. And now he's doing it all in his area down in the south. I think it's down in Alabama. Down here. Um, and what he did is he, he, he broadcast that. And he'd say to teenagers, hey, you guys, let's go and serve people and be a part of their lives. This, this summer, instead of, you know, sleeping in till 6 o'clock in the morning, because that's when most teenagers get up during the summertime, right? <laughs> instead of sleeping in so late, let's get up and mow lawns. And, and numbers of kids, numbers of teenagers took that on for veterans, for people that, that needed the help to do that. What a great thing. What a great thing. And he does it for God. Wow. Of course, here we'd have to mow dirt. But, uh, you know, whatever it is, right? What a great thing. You know, maybe just take on, you know, one a week or something like this. Somebody that really needs it to be able to do that can't do it. Be a part of that. Uh, pastor Simon, he's our former associate pastor here. Um, he moved to another church in November. Uh, they lived with some people, and then they bought a home about three weeks ago or so, um, closed on the home, and then they had the pods out in front of their house to unload. And he said, 20 men came over to my house. We set a new record. We unloaded in 20 minutes. Well, really, he said 15 minutes. Okay, now we're going to have an opportunity to do that for a, for a family coming up sometime this year can't tell you exactly when because that's not all, but we're going to have that opportunity. What a serve. What a way to say to them, we love you. We're glad you're here. Welcome. What a beautiful thing that church did for him as a serve to do that. All right. Friendships and prayer is the next one. That's why we have Sunday school and small groups. May I encourage you to get involved in a Sunday school class and a small group. You need to be cared for and you need to care for everyone. It's biblical. It's that important. 
encourage you to take that next step. Finances. Let me just share again. I've talked a little bit about Let me share what something God gave me years ago. I, we call it in our family cash tithe. Every month I get $40, $2.20, and I put it in my pocket. So I have money that at any moment I could give to somebody in need. If I know somebody, somebody comes into my life, I can just pull out a 20, I can hand it to them. I can put it in an envelope and do it anonymously too. But I do that so that I can meet needs of other people. It's a great way. And I know some of you don't carry cash. I'm going to encourage you to carry cash because you can't give me your credit card. You had the cash right there. Somebody you come across needs help. All you had to do is just pull Hey, I'd love to be able to serve you. Here you go. It's a wonderful, wonderful way to help people. Be a part of their lives. Just a thought. Just something to do. You can support a Compassion Kid, Compassion International, World Vision Kid, kid across the world that needs help. We provide education, spiritual guidance, food, cultural centers, community centers for these kids. Uh, Gideon offering next week. Or could you add over your regular giving? Sacrificially, joyfully, Lord, I want to help Bibles go so people can come to know Jesus Christ like, like I came to know Jesus. So maybe the prayer is this, Lord, am I being generous to others? Like we said for the beginning, our giving is directed, our generosity is directed to the Lord first. Lord, am I being generous to you? Now I'm asking, Lord, Am I being generous to others? And who do I need to be generous to? Third, generosity honors God. Proverbs 14.31. Why don't you read this one with me? Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. Isn't that good for us? Our desire is not that we would sin against the Lord because of our selfish, ungenerous spirit, but that we would honor the Lord through our selfless generosity. Why? So that someday he could say to us, and this passage is in the framework of finances, well done, thou good and faithful God would say that to you and to me and to the majestic body because of our generosity to him, our generosity to other people, that we honored him and he could say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Our generosity honors God, but God honors our generosity. Proverbs 14, 21. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. I'd like to get in on that generous, that, that, that blessing. I'd love for him to call me, you're blessed because you have done what I've asked you to do. Or Proverbs 19, 17, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. Again, if then, if you do this, this is what the Lord will do and bring encouragement for you. That's called the principle of sowing and reaping. You know that principle. It's found in Scripture through the New Testament. Think about this, Luke chapter 6:38. Given it shall be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, into your lap. 
For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. In that passage, he's not talking about finances. He's talking about forgiveness. He's talking about praying for your enemies. He's talking about forgiving those that have hurt you. And he says, give and it will be given to you. You forgive, you're more likely to get forgiveness back. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he goes on to say this, whoever sows sparingly, gives sparingly, serves sparingly, will reap sparingly. But if you serve bountifully, if you give bountifully, if you're generous, then you will receive generosity back. You will reap generosity. You'll reap service. You'll reap friendship. And then Galatians 6, 6 says the same thing. God is not mocked. Whoever sows to him will reap instantly. Now, you've helped me. You're probably wondering. Some of you are new. You're probably, why in the world a dump truck and a teaspoon? Because for years I've told you this. Give with a dump truck, not a teaspoon. You know why? Because that's what you're going to get back. That's what Jesus said. With the measure you use, it's going to be measured back to you. So give. Be generous. With a dump truck rather than a teaspoon. develop a generous heart. Just a few things here. First is pray. Ask God to help you learn selflessness and help you to lose selfishness. Anybody here selfish? Yeah, okay. A few honest people, right? I mean, we all struggle with it, right? I could raise both hands and both my feet, too. We all struggle with it at times. Not always, but at times, different levels. We struggle with that. God, would you help me to learn selflessness and lose my selfishness? Because I want to be like you. You know what Jesus did? He lived selflessly. Perfectly selflessly. Every time this, the, the, op, the opportunity for him to be selfish, he said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be selfless. God, help me. Would you help to be more like you? Next one. Listen to the Holy Spirit and look for needs. Could you give blood? be one way to be generous, to serve others money, your car, your home. But look for needs. Again, I've used this illustration before. There are some people in life that could see a man walking up the stairs with a piano on his back and they wouldn't even notice. Hyperbole here, okay? You say, what? I just passed a guy on the stairs and he was carrying a piano on his back? What? How could you miss that? Excuse me, I'm spitting here. How could you miss that? Well, some people can. They just can't see the needs. Ask God to help you see the needs and then know what to do about it. He'll show you. He'll show you how to meet those needs. And he'll show you that there are needs that we need to meet. 
careful about these sorts of things. Third, live simply. Live simply. This is really hard nowadays in the church. <laughs> Richard Foster, he wrote the book Celebration Discipline. came out in the uh, early, mid, middle of the 80s. A great book. He suggests these practical principles for living simply. First is this. Buy things for usefulness rather than status. And we all have some temptations toward that. Buy things for usefulness rather than status. Secondly, reject anything that is producing an addiction in you. That would be called surrender. Don't put yourself in that place. Don't put yourself in that temptation that it could be an addiction in your life. Third, develop a habit of giving things away. Don't be a hoarder. Somebody's going to have to clean up that someday. Develop a habit of giving things away. It's a really good thing. Fourth, refuse, this is a great one, refuse to be propagandized by the custodians of modern gadgetry. Let me translate what he said. I don't know if they will really simplify your life, but I know for sure they will clutter your counter and your closets. <laughs> All those gadgets that are advertised out there. Oh, this will make your life easier. You know, da 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 Get this thing, da 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 And then you use it one time, and you go, man, I'll just sit on the counter. Oh, God. Don't get propagandized by what's out there in those infomercials. Learn to enjoy things without owning them. Next, reject anything that breeds the oppression of others. And last, shun anything that distracts you from seeking first the kingdom of God. We all know the struggles in these areas. Live simply. Teach others. That's my next point. Teach others. It says about the wise woman, I'll talk about this on Mother's Day, Proverbs 31. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. That goes for all of us. Not just the wise. May the, may the, the teaching of kindness be on our tongue. The teaching of generosity, of caring for people, serving them. Teach your kids. We have more kids here and parents here in service in the first place. But teach your kids how to give, to make a sacrificial special offering. You know, if you give your kids $20 to go to the state fair, why would you not give $20 to the Lord? Let them know that this is really important. Yeah, this is fun and important, okay. But this is really, really important. Honor God. Last is this. Practice the maximum standard of living. This thought came to me from Larry Burkett, uh, late Larry Burkett, died a few years back. Uh, he was a, a, a financial, um, uh, Christian financial, talk about finances, help you to plan, help you to do a good job. And he developed this thing called the maximum standard of living. And it would apply to more here than in the, second, or the first service. But as your income increases, which it typically does through your years, as your income increases, stay on the same maximum standard of living. Live the same way. You know why? Because then you have more to give to the Lord. And 
Social Security is wasted. Now, I know if you're in Social Security, you don't have those opportunities now. I understand that. But for us, it, you know, we made that decision a long time ago. This is what we're going to do. Like when I moved down here, I could have bought a bigger house. Could have done that. But it's like, I don't need a bigger house. I got plenty. This fits me just really good. But I'm just determined, I'm going to stay at this level. So as my income has increased here through the years, 21 years, it has increased. I'm grateful for that. Thank you. But I've tried to stay. This is kind of the maximum standard of living for me, and this just gives me more to give away. It's a beautiful, beautiful principle that benefits the kingdom. And I'll benefit you, and you'll get great joy from it. Okay, I'm going to end the way I started. You ready to be done? I'm getting hungry. Let me end the way I started. Generosity begins and grows with what? T-H-A-N-A-F-U-L-N-E-S-S. Thankfulness. Generosity begins, not always, but begins and it grows with thankfulness. So, help me out. Are you with me? Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Okay, a little bit bigger now. Got to get bigger than that. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Jesus. We didn't deserve him, but he came. For God so loved the world. He loved us so much that he sent his son, and his son came willingly die on the cross for us. And he's the indescribable gift for us. We don't do all these things to earn our salvation. Being generous isn't going to get you saved. What Jesus did is going to get you saved. Believing in that. Saying yes to him. That's what's going to bring salvation. We do these things because one, they're commands. Two, because they bring honor to God. And three, it gives his blessing to us, his favor to us. Be generous. Be generous. As you walk out today, be generous. Smile. Some of you have already gone back into the frown line. Smile. Love on a few people. Say hi to some people walking out today. Somebody's missing today, give them a call. Text them. Let them know you missed them today. They're important to you. Important to me, that's for sure. generous to us. Let us be generous to you and to others. To bring honor to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for each person that's here. Encourage them. To be generous. To have the eyes to see.